Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. I'm just going to assume. <laughs> How are we? Are we well? Yay. Are we up for a laugh? Good. I was not enthusiastic enough. <laughs> yeah, all right, looks like. They're fine. There's been, there's, been, there's been train strikes. <laughs> these, these are the tenacious ambassadors. <laughs> all right, you guys. This is a true crime podcast with a twist. Online! Would we, would we, could we, should we? <laughs> Please welcome our fantastic guest for this episode, the second half of the fantastic musical comedians, Flo and Joan. Please welcome Rosie Dempsey! <laughs> Rosie! Hey, Rosie! Welcome! Hello! How are you? I'm great, thank you. <laughs> I'm great, thank you very much for having me. Hello. Hello. Thank Hello. you for coming. There we go. go, this is nice, isn't it? Ooh. Hi. Hi, Rosie. Solving crimes. We got, we got one, I say we have one, we got plenty more, but we have one main question. Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Um, I have never been the victim of a crime, but I, when, when we were asked about thinking mm. about what crimes you've been part of, yeah. I was like, I haven't been part of a crime. And then all of a sudden, I, there was like a hundred things that came to my mind of times in my life where I have been part of a crime. Ooh. Um, <laughs> yep. so crime. No, we're not part of a crime, but I have, I guess I've been in, in, involved. I don't know what the, yeah. the term is. Wait, there's, there's witness or there's like perpetrator. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to get, we don't, we don't want to get too, we don't mean to be binary, but. <laughs> well, when I, I, the first instance, the first one that came to my mind was when I was in reception um, <laughs> All right, this is this is some deep shit. Okay, 
I was would have been five years old, and there was a boy in my class called Kenny, but I didn't really know him that well. You know, when you're a kid, you just lollop around and, oh, there's another child. <laughs> uh, there's another one. I, I, that, my, that's my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you're given the benefit of the doubt. Yes. That's what yeah. I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, so there's a boy called Kenny, and then one day he gave me a ring, a really expensive ring. Well, I looked wow. expensive, and I was like, thanks, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> and I put it in my backpack, not really knowing what it was. And then his mum came into school and said, that's my engagement ring. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and, and the teacher found it in the bottom of my bag, which had a hole in it. So it could have just fallen out at any point. <laughs> <laughs> the ring, the ring had a hole in it. Um, <laughs> and uh, then the mum accused me of stealing, <gasps> stealing the ring. Holy yeah. moly! And yet her son was a Lothario. Yeah, <laughs> he was a beautiful boy, the one that got away. <laughs> oh my God! That's what a amazing. shitty proposal, though. Like, make it clear, Kenny. And also, what like stealing the ring, Kenny? Come on, that's amazing. It's quite kind of sweet amazing. when you think that the the boy had put two and two together and wanted to give me a gift. Aww. Yeah, and I was like, joint. <laughs> I've got other things to do, Kenny. <laughs> I'll put that in my satchel with the rest of the rings I've yeah. been given today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's cool, Kenny. See ya. Yeah. And then another one that sprung to mind. Um, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. We need closure on this one. We do need some closure. Oh, sorry. On this. Yeah. More for you than for us. So. Wait. Do, do, like, were you in trouble, or like, how did they resolve this? I think they found they found it in my bag. I remember the teacher. She's like, she's my best friend's mum, and not, that's not important to the story, really, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Her name is Karen. <laughs> Humble brag. <laughs> um, they found it in my bag and then gave it back to the mum. And I think Kenny was probably warned. But when you're that young, there's no, there's, you can't tell a kid off because they don't know what they're doing. No, it would be mean. Yeah. To, like, because they weren't necessarily trying to pull a fast one. No. And it wasn't like, no, I'm going to get married to Kenny. You can have it back. <laughs> it there was nothing that dramatic that happened. That would be brilliant if you had yeah. deals to deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Kenny are going to run. We're going to run for okay, Possession is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know We're already in doing. Niagara Falls. We can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, people get married there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. That's amazing. All right, go on. Tell us your other one. The other one that also came to mind was that someone was trying to make me think I did a crime. So Ooh. I went to Isle of Wight Festival when I was oh. 16. Uh oh, oh yeah. you brought up the big I of W. Oh, yeah. I feel responsible for my people. What's <laughs> happened? Wow, they have very strict drug dogs there. Cute, though. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were cute. Uh, so I had gone through, I was 16, and I wasn't a crazy kid, and I, and I went through the, the barriers where all the dogs and the police were. And the dogs went absolutely mad at me. Um, and, and all of a sudden, these two women came, and they took me away from my group, and they dragged me like this. They made me put my, thumb, they made me put my thumbs like this, uh -huh. and pulled me by my thumbs oh my all the way to this tent. That's actually how we say hello on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> That's like you were not assaulted. <laughs> um, <laughs> And uh, they dragged me into this big testing tent that was very dystopian. And they stripped me. <gasps> oh, my God. It, and and put me, they asked me loads and loads of questions. And, and I, again, I was not <laughs> crazy. <laughs> my mum gave me four 0.5% uh, cans of lager to take to this festival. I wasn't there to do anything crazy. Oh. And all the people going through the, the thing behind me were like, there were so many drugs there. And it, they just weren't on my person. Yeah. And I, but I was wearing my friend's jacket, who is the daughter of Karen, the teacher. Uh -huh. <laughs> it was my best friend's jacket. I love this. It's like the seven, what's it called? The, you know when you see everybody seven years on? Yeah. What yeah. the hell is that called? Sorry. <laughs> but it's like that. We're getting an update on everyone's lives. I'm sorry. Do continue. you black out for seven years <laughs> at a time? <laughs> sorry, do we not all do that? <laughs> seven up. Seven up. Thank you. It was a play on words. It was a TV show, wasn't it, 7 Up? Is that what yeah. we're talking about? Yeah. And if you, if that doesn't make a recognition for you, Google it later. It's a show. It's real. 
I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> back, to, back to me and me and my best friend's coat. Was I was wearing the coat and there was I remember there being something in the pocket. Oh no. But I never it was a wrapper and I and I never looked. I just put the coat on and went. And then when I was in the tent, I was like, fuck, there's something in that wrapper. My best friend does drugs or Karen oh. does drugs and puts them in. <laughs> Let's jacket. not discount Karen. <laughs> She's got the name. <laughs> and so, yeah, they stripped me. They, they asked me questions. They made me squat in the corner of the <gasps> tent. Oh, no. They made me squat and left the, left the thing. Holy shit. And then came back in. And like, they weren't, they weren't going to find anything. Um, <laughs> and then gave me a form. They, like, wrote down. A form. After, like, staring me and making me <gasps> think that I had drugs, they... Gave me a form to say I didn't have drugs and then let me go enjoy. Holy shit! No, that is really fucked up. It was fucked up knowing that there were so many people there with drugs. Yeah. And little old Rosie. And at the same time, I also I, we had dogs. So I was like, oh, he's just the dogs just like the smell of my dog on me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's loads of reasons dogs sniff you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right, we're all thinking periods, but shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, my dog has known before I've known when I'm on my period. Oh. I'm just like, he will sniff your, your bits quite a lot. It's quite yeah. sweet. Yeah, it's quite sweet. It's quite nice. Yes. Um, <laughs> 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 he, just ne- he never notices the cocaine, though. So. <laughs> <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> Which is weird, because that's where you keep it. Yeah. <laughs> God, though, but like, do they have to... Is that's, there a rule? I, like, yeah, I feel like they, 16 I feels feel like too they've young to broken the law. If they didn't have an appropriate adult explaining what was happening, that's yeah. really bad. The strip search and everything? Yeah. Six, also, what the hell was this about? It was so, it was so that so you, you couldn't, couldn't ring like, for help. Put st- throw stuff in your pockets. And, like, wow. Throw it out, I guess. Which I've never done. I mean, okay. <laughs> but no. Ooh. Yeah. And, and then I had to go home and be like, Mom, look, I have a form that I don't take drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's... Did she frame it? <laughs> that's no, she was like, you probably had drugs on you. That's why they smelt you. That's the one good thing to come out of it. I'd be like, look, Mom, paperwork. <laughs> Stop accusing me now. Yeah, I'm the good sister. <laughs> yeah. That's outrageous. But that's so messed up. I remember meeting, like, this is in no way a comparison at all. But I remember meeting my friend on the train... She put her cigarettes in my pocket because she didn't want her mum to find her cigarettes. And then my brother... Fa- so I was, we were fi- I was 15. <laughs> and my brother, my brother was 12. And he found cigarettes in my pocket. And he was just young enough that he was like, oh my God, she's going to ruin her life. She's, <laughs> she's got cigarettes in her pocket. And he like really like confronted me and he was like, I think I should tell mum. Oh, wow. You have- and I was like, okay... Look, sidebar, I am smoking, but these cigarettes are not mine. (laughs) (laughs) A loophole. (laughs) Yeah, but that's so fucked up to, like... Obviously, I wasn't strip-searched by my brother. He didn't have the authority (laughs) at all to do that. (laughs) Now it's weird. (laughs) I thought I had been... Like, that drugs maybe had been planted on my bag. I flew back to New York with my daughter when she was about three, so I was just exhausted, and we get there, and... I had a bag, and like mm. this dog just instantly went up, sniffer dog, and I was like, oh shit, you know, because you just don't know. Has yeah. somebody planted something or whatever? Mm-hmm. And I was like, what, what is this? A, is this a drug sniffing dog? And this guy was like, no, this is Henry. He's a fruit dog. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, have you got a banana in there or something? And I was like, no, I didn't travel with any fruit. He's like, well, we'll be the judge of that. And he like unzipped my bag and sure enough, there was half a banana that I forgot that my Oh my That's god! Good They're boy. much more concerned about fruit They're coming into the country than heroin. Oh, that's a really big. <laughs> He's Henry. He's a fruit dog. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, that's yeah. almost a kids show. <laughs> no, <I don't. laughs> Henry the fruit dog. Oh my god! Do you think they're like the ones that didn't quite? They they had a you know. They weren't good at the, the Can't drug smell thing. cocaine. Yeah. But I smell a banana. Because his eyes are just like going round. Yeah. Oh, it's nice that they find a place sniffing yeah. grapes. Uh, yeah. The little, the soft option. Yeah. Or those, those desk dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Fruit, the gateway drug. We, we always ask people, what would you say to the perpetrator? But I feel like the people supposedly solving the crime were the actual perpetrators. Because that's so fucking traumatic for a 16 year old. That's insane. Yeah, I, I mean, if I had drugs on me, they would have done a great, great job, and you know, they were doing what they were doing. I don't know. Why do you have to squat? 
So in case were, there's any in your asshole. But, yeah, but were you actually naked? Like, did they? I pulled my trousers, uh, my trousers and my pants were down. They made, they tried <laughs> to make her poop out drugs. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know we, I know we knew it. I'm sorry, I took us there. I think probably it would for a woman. You probably would have put them up your. Yes. Yeah. Oh, or I certainly would. You could fit many, many more. <laughs> <laughs> it's just stretchier. It's a fact. You know, what's awful is what's come into He's my mind. He's a freak dog. You probably have a banana up your veg. <laughs> I didn't know what this... I, I knew this podcast was great and it was about solving crimes, but I never knew this, you know? <laughs> no, it's a, it's a and journey. And I'm happy to be here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you look kind of braced to run, like, though. My hand is gripping this little chair. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take it. I don't it. really have a banana up my vagina. I don't think you okay. have a banana up your fanny, and I didn't think that before, and I don't think it now. Good, good. I, the jury's out, I'm not sure. <laughs> I've known Taylor a long time, and she gets snacky, so... All right. <laughs> At the end, we will reveal the truth. <laughs> so stay hey, tuned. Hey, guys, my body, my snack. <laughs> All right, are we ready for some true crime? I think we'd, got, I think we'd better. <laughs> are we ready for change of topic? Yes. <laughs> like um, five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. All right, you guys, I'm going to give you one spoiler. Some of this crime takes place on the Isle of Wight. Oh! Yay. What How a night for Hannah George. It's, a, it's wow. a nice little segue. Weird. Okay, so let me tell you about the protagonist <laughs> of this case. <laughs> Edith Thompson, born in Dalston. That's where I live now. That's just exciting. It's okay. going from Dalston to the Isle of Wight. We're, we're a little bit zeroing in on Hannah George. Um, Wait, what did she do? So she is the first of five children. Uh, she was described as happy, talented. Oh. Uh, she oh. excelled at dancing. Oh. She was academically bright. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and she had a natural ability for arithmetic. No. No. <laughs> So we're, Maths we're, is impossible. We've, we've moved away from Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hannah, I'm just going on what you've said. I'm not trying to diss you. Uh, now, Edith leaves school and she worked as a wholesale milliner's at the Barbican. Uh, wholesale what now? Yeah. Milliner's. Milliner's. Look, okay. I don't have time to describe to you what a milliner's is. We're just going to move on. Okay. It's when you... Um, Hat maker. Why not call yeah. it a hat maker, Thank you, you know? audience. <laughs> it's somebody who makes stuff, e.g. hats. Nice mill. Where did you get that from? The exactly. mill shop? Yes. <laughs> exactly. We're all on the same page. It's fine. <laughs> a baseball um, mill. She's a mace, ba- she makes... <laughs> she will eventually probably make baseball mill. Uh, now, we're in a uh, she baseball has, mill. <laughs> she has... It's my six snap mill. She's at that mill. Okay, who is enjoying this mill bit? (laughs) (laughs) She has a reputation as a stylish and intelligent woman. Okay. Oh! (laughs) And we're back! (laughs) So, of course, everyone... No. Uh, Now, she gets promoted by the company several times and she becomes the chief buyer. She gets to do regular trips to Paris on behalf of her company. So we have here, guys, we have a woman with a proper and fulfilling job. So my question to you is, what year is this? 2028. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, if I could just take it back to the mill conversation for a second. Please do. I imagine there was a time in history where where it became a hat factory and not a millinist. Sure. So I reckon a time mm. in the Industrial Revolution, okay. which we all know was <laughs> the <laughs> sometime between uh-huh. 10,000 BC. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess, uh, I, re- I reckon 18, 1897. Lovely. Mm. Yeah, I mean, a big time for hats. This is the thing. When do people stop wearing hats? They never have and they never bloody will. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone tonight is wearing a hat. I can't believe it. Also, now, actually, hats indoors. Prick. So, (laughs) just checking. No, it's fine. Like, newborn babies or, like, a guy at the top of the circus. Who's that guy with the hat? The ringmaster. ringmaster. They're the two people indoors. Who's that guy with the hat? (laughs) You know the guy with the hat. He pops to the milliners. I'm thinking it's probably going to be 1912. (laughs) Oh my God, Hannah, you're 
you're the closest. Yes. Oh. <laughs> the worst answer. <laughs> 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 you, put, you put a lot of people on your list of pricks <laughs> for wearing hats. It's getting bigger and bigger, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, 99. Okay, so she leaves school 1911. Uh, she oh, I was close. You were super close. Yes. No, you legitimately won. Thank you. Uh, so we have ourselves, guys, we have an Edwardian girl boss. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so also in 1909, she meets a boy. She's 15 in 1909. Uh, she meets Percy. He's three years older, and they're engaged for six years. They finally get married in That's 1916. Too long, isn't it? Yeah. Six years, do you know what I mean? I know she's got it's a lot of time left because she's only 14 or something. But 15, but yes. 15, yeah, I'd be like... It's gone off the boil. Yeah, <laughs> it's, too, it it's too long to be engaged. That's why you put the um, ring in the bag at the age of five. <laughs> He was, he was trying to lock you in. He was lock like, I can't let this down. one get away. <laughs> My wife will be a milliner and we will live forever. <laughs> exactly. Okay, so they moved to Ilford in 1920. They have a lovely, comfortable life. Hmm. Read boring. Uh, now, in 1920, everything's great slash boring. Enter Frederick Bywaters. Oh, shit. Oh. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Frederick. So he is 18 years old. He is, yes, you're right to gasp. Thank you, gasping audience. This is so fun. Um, so uh, he is eight years uh, younger than Edith. He is uh, a friend of her younger brother's. Uh, she's 26 at this point, and she is very attracted to him. He is handsome, and he is impulsive. Oh, mm -hmm. by waters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, now, he is... Oh, no. Ooh, no, I don't know what that was. <laughs> He's in the Merchant Navy, and he has exciting travel stories. Oh. Now, her husband is 29, Percy. Uh, he's basically past it. He, he, <laughs> he starts to seem very staid and conventional, mm. and they're all hanging out, and Percy is absolutely oblivious to the attraction that his wife has for this new young guy. Oh. <laughs> Question, where do they all go on holiday together? <laughs> I've worked it out. <laughs> is it the Isle of Wight? It is! Yay! They go to Shanklin. Oh my god, I was going to say Shanklin! Because oh. it's the only other town I know other than Ventnor. Yeah. <laughs> is that where the pirates are? Shanklin? I mean, every town yeah, on the no, Isle of Wight has a pirate. pirate. <laughs> every every time on the Isle of Every time? Every town on the Isle of Wight claims pirates, but Shanklin delivers. <laughs> <laughs> I just, there's this joke that I've never understood, which is, do you like Shanklin? I don't know, I've never shankled. <laughs> it doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> no. I'm not surprised that's a joke that exists on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they go to visit Edith's sister, Avis, um, and that is when the affair begins. Uh -huh. Who knew the Isle of Wight could be so romantic? <laughs> <laughs> Hannah did. <laughs> All right, they get back. Question, what does Percy, the husband, do when they get back? Like everyone that ever visits the Isle of Wight says, we should move to the Isle of Wight. Because that's what people do immediately. They go on holiday and they'll be mm -hmm. like, we should move. So I think he says, let's move. Let's shankle to our heart's content. Okay. Lovely, let's shankle. When they get back to London, you mean, what does yeah. he do? New job that involves a lot of travel. Mm. Okay. Leaving Edith alone with her lover boy. Interesting. Rosie. Or decides to do business with lover, lover boy oh. to raise the stakes of what is already a thrilling story. Ooh. <laughs> you know what, Rosie, you are the closest. Yes. Um, he invites Frederick to live with them as a lodger. Oh, mm -hmm. he has no idea at this point. Um, or he's into him amazing. too. Yeah. No, it's yeah. not the problem. <laughs> that. AJ at the back, yeah! I think this could be an orgy! <laughs> <laughs> it becomes, like, initially you're like, oh, yeah, cool. No, it becomes no. very clear he has no idea. Okay. Eventually, he, Percy does start to notice that his wife is just drifting away from him. Um, <laughs> he starts to notice that she's naked and underneath him. Yeah. <laughs> Again? <Yeah>. What? <laughs> she doesn't seem to want my dick. Um, <laughs> so, so, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what history says. Sure, sure. 
now, so a month after Frederick moved in, there was a fight in the garden. And apparently it started over something trivial, but Percy struck his wife Ooh. and caused her to fall over some garden furniture. And Frederick intervenes. Yes, what a hero. And Percy orders him out of the house. And they have another tenant at this time, Mrs. Lester, and she commented on the bruises that Edith had later in statements to the police. We're going to get oh, there. Okay. But, okay, just a foreshadowing. Right. Um, now, who's she banging? Well, <laughs> Somebody. I don't, I don't have All right. the information of everyone is banging right now. <laughs> Question, where does Frederick go? He's just been cast out. Where does he go? Oh... <laughs> Uh, back to the Isle of Wight from the audience. Heart <laughs> to your mum's house. <laughs> uh, Does he go back to the Navy? He just goes like, I don't want to see any women for a long time because she's broken my heart and yeah. I just want to see the inside of a submarine. Excellent, excellent answer. Any advance on that? I pictured him going to get a weapon. Weapon from yeah. Taylor, okay. Okay. <gasps> Any, I was thinking, like, he goes to the gun shop, but that's because I'm American. <laughs> we, no, we have one in Newport. Yeah. There is hey. one on the Isle of Wight. He goes yeah. to the Newport gun shop. He goes to the Isle of Wight under the yeah. guise of a holiday, but really he's or he, procuring or he a weapon. Or he to Walmart in America. Yes. <laughs> Rosie, did you answered already. I no. haven't answered, and I, I, I don't have an answer. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. Okay. I was trying to think anything? of one, and I, I don't, I don't, I think everyone said any, everything, okay. or maybe goes to one of her sit goes and starts sleeping with her sister, maybe, to make her jealous. Love the EastEnders vibes drama. Um, No, Or goes to Marks and Spencers and says, I've got an idea for you. It's a sweet treat. (laughs) 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 Oh, no, it's Frederick who goes, isn't it? Not Percy. (laughs) I'm going to stop you there. It's not that. It's not that. I'm going to give this point to Hannah. (laughs) Yes. Uh, He goes to sea, literally. He goes, he's Hmm. off with the Navy from September... 1921 till September 1922, but Edith writes him letters the whole time. I'd be, if you're the postman, you'd be like, another fucking submarine one. (laughs) (sighs) It's soaking every time. (laughs) It's the worst route. (laughs) And when he gets back, they meet up again. And I can't do the maths on, I can't, it's not maths business, it's show business. So, on the 3rd of October, 1922, Edith and Percy are coming home from the theatre. And they have gone to the theatre with her aunt and uncle at the Criterion Theatre at Piccadilly Circus, in case Mm. anybody was like, but what theatre was it? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It was... The 1920s version of Mamma Mia. (laughs) Can't tell you what... Thank you. But all I can tell you is they catch the 11.30 train to Ilford. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. That, that does incredible. sound like a wanky play that would be on the national. It does. It sounds the 11:30 train to Ilford. It's very, very emotive. Starring Kenneth Branagh <laughs> as the train. <laughs> okay, so they're walking towards home along Belgrave Road. Question: What happens on their journey home? <laughs> yeah, I look annoyed. I didn't mean to. <laughs> what on their journey home? Uh, um. Very much like bird strike. It's when trains go into an aeroplane. Are are Edith and Percy alone at this point, or are the aunt and uncle still with them? Just said goodbye to the uncle. They live in London. Uh, I mean, Frederick is stepping out of the shadows, right? Mm. Frederick stepping out of the shadows. He's in the navy, but he might be off the submarine at this point. Uh huh. uh -huh. Yeah, I reckon Frederick is right. He's right there. I think he's there. Percy's murdered. Attack by Frederick. Yeah. You all concur. Yeah. Congratulations, you all get a point. Yes, he was murdered! <laughs> yes, a terrible thing happened. Is that, um, is that actually what happened? Yeah, he is attacked. Oh, uh, shit. So basically, a man jumps out from behind some bushes, attacks Percy, there's a violent struggle, Edith gets knocked to the ground, Percy is stabbed, he is mortally wounded, and he dies before Edith can get helped. The oh, attacker God. fled. <gasps> Edith was still hysterical when the police Which arrived. rhymes with Fred. <laughs> <laughs> That is how you solve stuff. That's like how you solve. He fledericked. <laughs> if this was a Disney show, it's solved. <laughs> it's the Sesame um, Street. Yeah, detective so, work. Neighbors uh, reported hearing a woman screaming hysterically and shouting, "Oh, don't, don't!" several times. So <laughs> it depends like what tone is like. Oh, don't, don't, stop it. Oh, why would you? Oh, don't. <laughs> 
<laughs> really, well, out of order. Really, <laughs> really lacklustre. Um, but she goes to the police station the next morning and she's very distressed and she gives her statement. And at this point, she doesn't know that Frederick Bywaters is already a suspect. Ooh. Now, he has been arrested the night of the murder and he is in custody in Ilford Police Station. And a police inspector called Frank Hall decides to lie to Edith about something. Question, what lie does he tell her? That he uh, has like a 50-metre swimming badge. <laughs> I like, don't go too high with stuff. Is he trying to impress her? Yeah. I think it's, it's like, that. She's fit. She needs to know I'm a swimmer. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I can two lengths. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty good. Like, and I don't stop. I do the, the wiggly thing at the yeah. end. Yeah. What's that, the forward roll? I tried doing that once in the swimming pool. You look like a twat. <laughs> Fucking like your ass comes right out if you do it like I do it. Can you do it? I mean, I suppose. Can I? I mean, I did it. But <laughs> <laughs> then I had to come up for air and stop for a bit. <laughs> so you just had a mild breakdown at the end of the... <laughs> I, did, I did, yeah. <laughs> I've never been able to do it. I always go in for a... <laughs> and then... <laughs> and then I never... Um, I never come up. <laughs> Until today. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> Did the police officer tell Edith that Fred confessed to the crime? Did to try to answer? trap her. Like I was talk? going to say um, the police officer has a thing with Frederick, so he didn't tell Frederick. Yeah, top it up, please. So he, so he didn't tell Frederick. <laughs> he wouldn't tell Frederick that... No, no what's it's happening? a lie. It's OK. <laughs> the, the, the question is, what lie does this police officer tell to Edith? Oh, the police, the police officer knew Frederick and wanted okay. to help him and, and save him. OK. Does that make sense to everybody? But, <laughs> It absolutely does. And anyone that says it doesn't is lying. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he says that Frederick Bywaters had already confessed. Oh. And that is a lie. Um, so Edith admits to the police that she knows him and she gives some details of her association with him. And <laughs> but not all the details... But because she's given some of the details that she knows him, she doesn't go, I'm banging him. Like, she's... He only put it in for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it can, it can happen, so... <laughs> That's long enough. <laughs> but she, she admits that she knows him, etc. And so the police decide to investigate her... Because she's done the real crime. So the thing is, oh, I, no. well, I was just going to ask this a question. Shall I ask you the question or shall I just tell you? You're, you just, <laughs> the question is, do you want the question? <laughs> Maybe. That's good enough. All right, what did the police find that could incriminate Edith? The letters. Yes! Oh. It's the letters, you guys. Oh, God, I letters. should always do this sober. I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know so much more. Who knew that being drunk was an impairment? <laughs> Today's episode of Drunk Women Solving Crime is brought to you by the National Lottery. They've tasked us with delving into a question we've all day dreamt about at one point or another. What would we do if we won the jackpot on the National Lottery? And here with us is a special guest. He's the host of Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast, and he's here fresh from stacking the dishwasher exactly the way he likes it. It's my wow. husband, Richard Herring. Hooray! Hey. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So, Katie, last year when Richard had this conversation on his podcast, he said... So what would you? What, who would be the first person you'd tell if you won the national lottery? I, I suppose it'd probably be my mum. I tell my mum everything. She's the first person I call. I don't think I'd tell her. I wouldn't even tell my wife. Imagine winning the <laughs> national lottery. You could start your own bank accounts. Wow, unbelievable! <laughs> I stand by it. I stand by everything I said. Katie, how do you respond? Would you tell Richard if you won the national lottery? See, I well now I put it to you this. <laughs> <laughs> challenge challenge accepted because I propose we play a game. How long would it, how long would it take me to spot that we've won the lottery? Um, <laughs> like how, uh, how many gold shoes would Rich have to have lying around the house before I'm like, hey, uh, what's up? Well, how long did it take for you to notice that I'd lost one of my testicles, Katie? A long time. It was. It was <laughs> 
It was a couple <laughs> of years. But he said, isn't it? Wasn't they? Didn't they used to be two? So I think he'll get away with it. Uh, given one of the first things I would do is build an extension on the house and have a hygienist in there who works for me every day cleaning my teeth. You might notice quite quickly. That's that's what I'm going to do with the money. I'm glad what? you said teeth, actually. I was thinking, what does he want? We've gone straight from his bollocks to, to a hygiene. I didn't know you could have testicle hygienists. Well, wait, you hate going to the... You hate going to the hygienist. Why do you want a permanent exactly. hygienist? Exactly, because then I won't have the horrible thing where they have to ch- carve plaque off your teeth every six oh, months. I they would see. do it every day. When my um, husband went to the dentist last, apparently the dentist like, he opened his mouth and she just, she just went, uh, oh, small teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, he, my gosh. I know. What a thing to say to someone. Although when your gynecologist says that, you're like, whoo, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You could pay for him to have uh, big teeth put in, Hannah. Your, oh, I could your, do. You could get that. Could be. You could have massive rabbit teeth. Yeah, I've got a kind of Ken Dodd thing, sort of like I'm interested. <laughs> get, get him a tickle stick. I think we're gonna. <laughs> All right. What would What would you guys get? What would What would What were your first purchases? Oh wow! First purchases, lobster, <laughs> just for myself. Just a big <gasps> lobster for myself. And can I say that I would buy a ticket to watch Taylor eat a lobster? It's um, quite a and- spectacle. She's seen it before. <laughs> what about you guys? Is there any is there any uh, case that you would like to investigate with millions of pounds behind you? Oh, I really liked We did this case called The Somerton Man, which was about a guy that was found. It was like in the 40s. He was just found on a beach in Australia and they never worked out who they were. They say they've worked it out now, but I only ever read headlines. I never actually read any articles, so I don't know if they've actually found it out. But I would go into, um, <clears throat> I would put the money into finding out who he was. I don't want to take things, you know, too lowbrow, but what if we were to be very, very petty with our newfound riches, if we won the jackpot on the national lottery, what would you do to mess with your nemesis or or foes? If you don't have a nemesis, surely we all have at least one foe. Yeah, I think I'd pay the every restaurant in the country to uh, bar uh, the off menu guys, so they couldn't ever. Go to, <laughs> to eat anyway. That's very good. Except Texas Fried Chicken in Shepherd's Bush. They could go in there. That's the only place that I'm not going to bar them from. All right, Katie and Rich, uh, with the 25th of December just around the corner, what would you guys get each other for Christmas if money wasn't an issue? I don't think money's the problem here, is it? God, we'd have to get to know each other better. God, we, oh, I guess we... <laughs> It'd be nice to go away. It'd be nice to take the kids to, like, uh, you know, see Santa Claus and the, and the North I Pole. I do want to go to Lapland. Actually, there's loads of yeah. places I want to go. So it'd be nice to do something. If you had that, I'm limited about somebody. You know, I think anything that gets us away from Katie's family would be a wonderful, <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> would be a wonderful Christmas present for me. Oh, my God. They don't listen to this, what? right? Oh, dear. I, would, I was thinking Lapland as well. I've always wanted to to go and do the super snowy Christmassy thing. So, yeah. Oh, no, I got all earnest there. That was awful. This is what I would get for the rest of the drunk women. Um, an, a, a, a never-ending bottle of Carvo. It just keeps refilling. Like, I'll use the lottery millions to do the science to just keep refilling. It, there'll be some scientific reason why it works, right? Um, you know, like the Norse god Thor, when he had drank from the horn and it never ended because it was secretly connected yeah. to the ocean. It will be like that, but with Carvo. Or champagne. Oh. Yeah. I've got the money now. It's, it's good that it was Carver was the first launch. <laughs> rather than, like, yeah, just, you know, the one that we get for for five quid. Uh, for a, uh... <laughs> <laughs> We've got never-ending five quid drinks. <laughs> so, just like any of us, when it comes to the National Lottery, it could be you. If you were to play tonight, where would you keep your ticket whilst you wait to find out if your numbers come up? Do you have a safekeeping spot? We have like, we call it our Jason Bourne box, which is just a really sexy way of saying the box we keep our passports in. Um, So I'd keep it in the Jason Bourne box. (laughs) I think, you know, it's a game of chance and I think you have to increase the peril. So I keep my lodge ticket over an open flame that just is just high (laughs) enough. But just so that it could, just if the wind blew, it could just burn up and I could lose everything. So I'd just like the extra, I could win, but also I could lose everything. And it makes it more, much more exciting for me as a, as a 
as a fun thing to do. Wait, so your safekeeping space is an elaborate James Bond style ruse that's yes. gonna end terribly. I'm gonna um, keep mine uh, dipped in some flame-proof um, materials. <laughs> You'd so best. When Rich puts it up in flame, we're still fine. <laughs> yeah. I would keep it in Toby's mouth because there's so much room with those tiny. <laughs> Well, thanks to the National Lottery for allowing us to live out a life full of newfound riches and find out a little bit more about each other. (laughs) I know my next move is to get a ticket in store or via the app, punch in my lucky numbers and make all of this a reality. So remember, the National Lottery, it's where your numbers make amazing happen. Whether that's a big jackpot win or helping the National Lottery good causes across the country continue with the amazing work they do. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Okay, so yeah, they find 60 letters from Edith. 60! 60. She wrote this dude a lot. He was away for a year, but it's a fuck ton of letters. Where would you find in time to make hats? <laughs> 60 the- is also a lot for... I had a friend who, whose husband was on a submarine mm. and they would only give them no, uh, their letters like occasionally. Yeah. So they'd like gather them up and then give them. So she must have yeah. sent, you know, lots and they not got there and, and <laughs> they just came yeah. all at once. I think I do. I, that must have happened. I mean, I did been... add that it was a submarine. I'm not entirely oh. convinced. <laughs> So it's the merchant. You do know that he doesn't have a swimming badge as well. Like this is just, yeah. What a terrible turn of events. (laughs) (laughs) This makes me even more confused than I already am. I have never been to the Isle of Wight. Like this is all bullshit. This is horrible. This is a fever dream. (laughs) We're just really fucking with you. No. Um, No. So he is in the merchant navy. I don't. I'm presuming it's ships in the 1920s more than submarines. Yeah, sure. Thank you. <laughs> the sixty letters that she wrote him was that was that sure? Like sure, I agree. Or sure, it was he was unsure. <laughs> Doesn't matter now. Okay, look, we have a trial. These letters are the only tangible evidence linking Edith to the killer. These letters are used as evidence. All fifty-five thousand words of them, and they date from September nineteen twenty-one to September nineteen twenty-two. And they're and they're so largely many. a day-to-day account of her life while by waters. Frederick Bywaters is at sea. Is Bywaters, I suppose. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) Question. (laughs) Question. What kinds of things do these letters say? Go nuts. What could they possibly say? I mean, go, go... Go small, you don't have to go nuts. I hope you're having a lovely time on that submarine. (laughs) I hope the boys are playing games with you. (laughs) And you're having sandwiches. That's nice. Me, I'm here (laughs) in my garden having a sandwich. (laughs) They were big on sandwiches. They loved sandwiches. You're you're absolutely in the right place. Thank you. Anything to add, you guys? Were they all, like, folded into a little hat? <laughs> I don't know a why. sailor hat. Yeah, this right. woman is obsessed with hats. We've got sandwiches, we've got folding. Taylor Glenn. I got nothing. But right. just, like, are they 
same sort of sexy stuff. Yeah, Rudy. Are they kind of oh, all sorts? You guys in a romantic. This is a huge question of. There were fifty-five thousand words. Uh huh. What you possibly might those words have been? Love. That was the question. <laughs> Miss. So essentially, Love. no wrong answers. Okay, they said lots of incriminating things. Oh. Including, I but not limited to. Dick. Uh, there was a few passages. <laughs> Genuinely, He's not eighteen anymore. We, that should have been your answer. Really? Um, Are they yeah. really racy? Yes. That, that's taking a huge chance delivering a letter to she a She doesn't ship. think that they're going to be read in a court of law when no her way. husband's been killed. So, yeah. uh, there's a few passages about longing to be free of her husband, Percy. Uh-oh. In oh. one, yes. Oh, in no. one, she talks about grinding glass light bulbs to shards and then feeding them to Percy mixed into mashed potato. Oh! <gasps> Bodger loves. <laughs> Just another 90s TV um, reference for you. In another one, she talks about feeding him poison. She wrote about a woman she knew who had lost three husbands, and she remarks in this letter, I can't even lose one. <gasps> oh, you... She's drama. Dum-dum, it, it is drama. Right, drama is... I'm very intrigued He should have killed her. Boring, get her out. Because... Okay, not a fan. This, no, but this is the whole thing. Like, so also... This, I was going to say this later, but I'm going to say it now to defend this lady... She's been trying to get a divorce for five years. Okay. Oh. But it's the 1920s and it's not super easy to do. Mm. Uh, so she also described how she had carried out her own abortion after oh. becoming pregnant by Bywaters. That's the Frederick sexy guy. The prosecution are saying that these letters are evidence of um, incitement to murder. But Edith is saying she knows nothing about any attempt to murder. She had knew nothing about this. She was just writing letters that she thought were funny or whatever. <laughs> Especially that abortion one. Oh man. And then I'll get the mash. <laughs> if we can't laugh at abortion, what can we laugh at? Uh, so the, but there was there was nothing linking her. They couldn't prove that she was present at this murder. So obviously it goes to court. Somebody says her counsel, somebody. Some lawyer guy says to her, the burden of proof was with the prosecution and that there was nothing they could prove, so she shouldn't testify. Question, how does Edith react to the advice that she shouldn't testify? Oh, no, Edith. Yeah. Oh. She does like a 55,000-word testification <laughs> or whatever it's called. Um, I feel like she, she can't keep things short either. Yeah. It's, oh, it's, it's so interesting, because I've always thought, like, if I was innocent of a crime, I've always thought I would... T- of course I'd take the stand, because they'd be like, well, she's adorable, but also, like, you know, you'd think if you're innocent, you would be able to... But I've watched so much true crime stuff where people take the stand and the lawyers go, this is the worst thing they could possibly have done. And I think that she, yeah, she insists. But it makes me think she's innocent. But it makes me think that she goes down for it. Yeah. Excellent instincts. I don't want to comment either way. <laughs> <laughs> That's very unfair. It is, it is very unfair. So she ignores the advice to not testify. She's got it into her head that she can somehow save Frederick from being hanged. Mm-hmm. Not hung. I learned, but then I will still say hung in a minute. And she's determined <laughs> to give evidence. Uh, and it was later said of her that she had no idea the danger that she was in. Because she's lived a lovely life. People have respected her up until now. Uh, so Edith takes a stand and she says that she'd never attempted to poison her husband and that her letters were just showing off and trying to impress her lover. But she contradicted herself and the judge and the jury are not impressed with her. And in answer to questions about the meaning of some of the passages, she said, I have no idea. No. Not, not helpful. <laughs> oh, question. What is Bywater's defense story? So he was definitely, it was definitely him that did it. They have him at the scene. They yeah, apprehended he's, him. He's definitely the perpetrator. What's his defense? That maybe... She made him do it. She fixed him into it. Interesting. She oh. made him do it. Love it. Me. You guys? Yes. All the um, Nobby... What's he called? Uh, <laughs> Percy, thank you. Oh, Nobby. Uh, Nobby. Yeah. Nobby pigs. You wouldn't eat those, would you? <laughs> <laughs> if um, it said that Percy was attacking her... So it was in self-defense or lady defense. Yes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Because he has previous, right? He's already punched her in the yeah. garden or whatever. Uh-huh. And we've got another... Wi- <laughs> you know, punched her in the garden or whatever. It's another national theater play. <laughs> For the millennials. Yeah. Starring Kenneth Branagh as Garden. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's very good in it. Um, so maybe, maybe it's that. Did you answer? No, I get nothing. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> so his defense story is accidental death. But you are, you've touched on some of the correct stuff, you guys, because he's been cooperating fully. He's shown the police the murder weapon. He's not tried to hide anything. But he's consistently maintained that he acted completely alone and that Edith had no idea that he was planning this. Um, Accidental death, like in the con air sense, like he didn't realize his strength. Is that what he means? Actually, yes. He was trying okay. to defend her but didn't mean to kill. Allow me to, yes, but let me elaborate. Okay. Um, he hadn't intended to kill Percy. Uh-huh. He had wanted to confront him and force him to deal with the situation. Because the situation is, she's been trying to divorce him for five years. Yeah. Um, and a great way to do that is stabbing. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my God. So, anyway, but Percy had um, then threatened to shoot him. Um, and then they'd oh. all lost their tempers and things got out of hand. And then the stabbing had happened. Huh. But Edith had never told him to kill her husband. Um, and he had never believed that Edith wanted to hurt her husband. Okay. And then he... Okay. I've got a big red clock, but I didn't turn it, to turn it on. I, 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 plane, I plane settings. Didn't. <laughs> <laughs> didn't. I didn't do I plane settings. <laughs> We're all very familiar with that. Uh, so... <laughs> there's all like he's saying all this stuff like oh then she's writing novels because she just she wrote all these letters because she liked novels she you know she, <laughs> she's a we she, can't move on from my plane we really can't <laughs> I just said I could smooth it over but no okay <laughs> come on then let me have it <laughs> are, we, are we are done <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, question. What is the verdict <laughs> of the trial? Both of them, one of them, none of them. Who goes down? Mm. I yeah. like to think neither of them, um, mm. just because I like to think that, and that would be nice, wouldn't Hannah it? Hannah the optimist. Yeah, who, yeah. Side note, sometimes gets accused of being naive. <laughs> <laughs> I think both of them will have, but I... Don't think Edith should have. I think she was painted into a corner. Nice. Was angry and had every right to be angry. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's true love, isn't it? It's a lovely passion. I mean, it's not lovely. Someone died. But it's a, it's a lovely show of romance. It is. It's the, it is. I mean, it's, it's the most powerful thing you can really do is kill someone for your lover. It's, it's kind and isn't that what we all want? Is that what we... <laughs> yeah. Yes. Is that not on Tinder as a tick? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> but I won't do that. Would you, <laughs> would you kill oh, for me? Oh boy! I think they probably both get sentenced. Okay, but you, I don't know who gets it. Like, surely his sentence should be worse, and hers should be a little slap on the wrist for inciting murder. Congratulations for your answers, and the correct answer is. They are both found guilty. Oh. On the 11th of December, they are both sentenced to death by hanging. Oh, shit, man. Oh. Yes. And further to your, your horror, Edith became hysterical and started screaming in the court. And Frederick loudly protested Edith's innocence, stating, I say the virtue of the jury is wrong. Edith Thompson is not guilty. This is very traumatic. <laughs> but I will quickly tell you this. We have to talk about the newspapers for a second because this is almost the birth of sensationalist, uh, like, hysterical reporting. So, like, fun fact, (laughs) these guys are almost, like, patient zero for what is now acceptable coverage and everyone's just trying to shift newspapers. But basically, everybody absolutely hates these two Mm. until they are sentenced and then everyone fucking loves them. So, there is a dramatic shift in public attitudes and media and nearly a million people sign a petition against the death sentence. Question, how do you think each of them is portrayed in the media in the early 1920s? Do you think one of them comes off better? Like, any... Edith was blamed. Edith was blamed, yeah. Yeah, slut-shamed. Slut-shamed. Yeah, letter-shamed. I think people, yeah, Yeah. they probably did one of those... What is it when they do a little bit of uh, a book every day in a newspaper... Did they do that yeah. but with her letters? And it went on for like Aww. two years. And people were just like, oh my God, we want the pastry models back. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I don't know why they swapped it out with that, but... <laughs> they swapped models for true crime. Yeah. And of course, page three in those days would just be a fully dressed woman. It may be like... <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys are 100% on the money. Yeah, everyone hates her the most. They think yeah. that Frederick Bywaters is great because of his fierce loyalty to her, even though all of his actions have caused this in the fucking first place. They, but they love the protectiveness of him towards her. Um, she's regarded as the controlling mind that set it all up. Mm. So basically, like Amanda Knox, or like, you remember when everyone blamed Jada for Will Smith punching? <laughs> like, it's like, I don't know, is it like that? Is it? Uh, so, but it, but it is still considered abhorrent to hang women. The last one before this was in 1907. So we have this petition, oh. and we have a new confession from Bywaters declaring that Edith is completely innocent. And then we have some guy put in charge of the whole thing. And the guy that's put in charge of the whole thing is Secretary William Bridgeman, and it's down to him. <laughs> Will he? There's a bywater and a bridgeman. <laughs> <laughs> it's so poetic. <laughs> I didn't realise this case. He has the job of whether he will grant a reprieve for Edith. Question, does he grant a reprieve for Edith? Yes. Yes from Taylor. No from the audience. <laughs> He's a progressive bridgeman. <laughs> The way he's talked about him. Sorry. His job is to build bridges. I mean, he's some, he's some lawyer guy. Mm. He just has that in his surname. Uh, I reckon he didn't. I reckon he doubled down and made it worse. Doubled down and made it worse. Excellent answer. I think he lets her off just because it's... The guy, uh, Frederick, has, has said that she's innocent and I feel like he'll go, is that, is that a letter from a chap? Um, I think I'll believe that. Yeah. So it's kind of like... You've got to believe a guy, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing by the fact that no one has learnt from this story up until now, he mm. probably didn't change it for good. Otherwise... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Otherwise, we would have all... <laughs> okay. <laughs> Excellent answers. <laughs> he does not grant Edith her reprieve. Oh. Edith gets sold the date of her execution and she lost her composure and um, which like, what a loser she lost her <laughs> keep it together <laughs> bitch yeah she spent the last few days of oh this is really Try to enjoy this it. is really really <laughs> horrible okay great <laughs> she was in a state of near hysteria crying uh, screaming moaning unable to eat they had to what's the word basically drug her sedate her so that they could get her to the hangman's noose like there's lots of offshoot stories about this so the guy that had to hang her it like really profoundly affected him oh oh that poor guy but like is he all right (laughs) oh no that's upset me now i was sort of i was enjoying this Oh. But basically, he like there's all like everyone hated this. Like it was all it was absolutely awful, and they were both killed simultaneously. So she was killed in the women's prison. He was killed in the Pentonville men's prison at 9 a.m. Um, and there were but there have been fuckloads of critics of this over the years and at the time that she was basically innocent and she'd be trying to get this divorce for five years. They'd been really selective with the letters. Uh, to, to do prejudice, and they'd actually admitted loads of letters that talked about menstruation because that was taboo, and <laughs> um, and like orgasms that was taboo. They couldn't mention that in court. There's like all this, like it was insane, like all this stuff. And the judge had been super prejudiced against her. He'd told the jury to like disregard everything she said, and also so this so <laughs> like. This, the judge, was the worst guy. So it was the 1920s, and they had a jury, and they had one woman on the jury, and the judge addressed the jury as gentlemen. So everyone's like, well, he wasn't a very good feminist. (laughs) And then um, the reason I'm talking about this is because it is this landmark case in terms of nonsense and madness of, like... (laughs) Of, of all this, but this stuff. So basically, she was allowed to get moved. The, um, the <laughs> let's go back to the bit where you said I plane. That was more fun, wasn't it? <laughs> it was really fun. We'll get. I'll I make plane. another joke about my phone in one second. 
But basically, in, um, in the 1970s, they were allowed to move her. Her sister was allowed to move her. And they made this new gravestone in 1993. And it said, sleep on beloved. Her death was a legal formality. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's the bit that I wanted to get to. Wow. Um, it's dark as fuck, but can we please raise a glass to Edith Thompson? <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and to that poor guy that hung her. Yeah. I fear it for him. That's mad. So, my phone. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I play. <laughs> what am I like? It's crazy that we don't know. That, like, that I feel like that's a story that mm. should pass through cultures of, oh, this is an original version of a media kind of thing. But yeah. Why has that not travelled? Also, how long was the death penalty in, in force here? Like, oh, it's like uh, the 50s, wasn't it? No, like 60s. 60s. Uh, six, uh, We've yeah, probably talked la- about The this. last man was hung in the 60s. And then I think the last woman was... hey <laughs> Yeah, that's, gosh, that's crazy. Because I, I just always picture it being banned here so much earlier. Yeah, but, wow. Because hmm. we're so sophisticated. <laughs> Has anyone got a really light-hearted listener crime? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyone, just another orgy one or something. <laughs> are you raising, oh. are you scratching or are you raising your arm? We've got a raised arm here as well. That was a, a scratch. It's a hand here. Scratching. It's not very high, but it's there. Hey. Come on out. So this may or may not be a crime, but it's... A What's your name, please? Oh, Sarah, hi. Thank you. Now we'll um, accept your story. It's a possible <laughs> money laundering whodunit, um, oh. and I still don't have an answer for it. A few years ago before the pandemic, I started receiving letters to my parents' dress with money in them. Um, oh. <laughs> brag. Um, what, cash money? <laughs> actual money, just cash. Whoa. Um, with no note, nothing. You're not supposed to do that. No, and I... It's, it's really, really strange. And I did start to wonder whether it was one of those things where, you know, people put money in your bank account and then try to claim it back from you, but nobody ever tried to claim it back, so that was lovely. But it was really weird, because there was nothing on the envelopes other than my address. It was typed, typed oh. envelopes, so like, gone through a business this office or something. This is creepy as hell. No notes on the inside, and every time we got a letter, because there were, like, 10 or 11 of them over every couple of months there would be a weird mistake on the envelope. So one time my name was spelt wrong, one time the post, postcode was wrong and they'd written it in handwriting. And weirdly, the last one we ever received was during the pandemic and it had a note on the inside that said, uh, hope you have a wonderful Easter, but in French. <laughs> oh my God. I think we all know what's going on here, don't we? <laughs> How much money are we talking? So, random as well like it was 20 20 40 20 and it was all cash and oh my mum kept ringing me up and going i've got another one <laughs> can i open it um, <laughs> it was strange i've got a couple of possibles because they were all post stamped from birmingham now i have a very great uncle in as in he is great but he's also <laughs> a great uncle um, a marvellous man. He's very elderly. <laughs> and I did ask him if it was him, because he was Solly Hole. And he said, no, no, I haven't, couldn't work it out. I also did a job that I never got paid for, which is also a crime, doing a, um, <laughs> a, a citywide interactive zombie experience in, <laughs> in Birmingham that they hired a bunch of people for that they then never paid, even though oh, they were going insolvent. Ooh. And I wondered maybe whether someone nice in the office was just trying to be like... <laughs> Um, if you do an insane job, you should be ins- you should be paid in an insane way. <laughs> it was that I spent a whole night at the top of a multi-story with lots of people dressed as zombies. Then you deserve to... this. You deserve this as a company. Or the, I did wonder whether it was a Monday laundering thing, or I was working recent before that with a very very lovely actor who's crime related, who was very nice. Wait, that could be Kevin Spacey, <laughs> or it could be John Thor. Like, we need to know. You don't have to tell us. But. Fictional crime, as in little grey cells. But like, oh, um, yeah. but, and I did wonder whether maybe he was trying to do a nice thing, but then the French threw me, and yeah. I still don't know. So yeah. who did it? Yeah, this is an intriguing case. We need to get to the bottom of this one. That's proper creepy. For a start, I love that it's, also, it's creepy, but also your mum's like, we got another! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Are we scared it. at any point? I mean, the money kept coming. I, <laughs> <laughs> it 
it was nice. I was going to be scared with all that cash. A couple came during the pandemic and, you know, work in theatre, we'd lost all the work. I was like, great, this is it. This is all that's coming in. So I was quite grateful, but so still have not a clue about I, w- any I wonder if it's a mega fan. Of who? Of me? <laughs> of you. Like, somebody was like, oh, we got to keep the arts alive. I need to send this it lady was money. so bizarre, all the, like, mistakes on the envelope. And they were all... I mean, I've never seen a tight envelope that hasn't come from, like, a bank. And it was... They were... Wow. Just strange... It's weird. Yeah, it's really no, weird. I'm not saying it's not creepy. <laughs> have, you, have you got any connection to France at all? No. no. You ha- had you travelled there, met anyone there? Not Does really. your uncle have not any connection? Not really? I think I did a day trip to Calais in your seven. Okay, here we go, here we go. All right. Um, no, uncle has no connection. If we can't solve this, I've got a story that is solved about a hit and run and the Taliban, but... <laughs> <laughs> I said light-hearted, let's do it. <laughs> I was going to say is I got hit by a car <laughs> once and the guy, we, they did find the guy because there was a me-shaped uh, sort of dent in his car. But when they dragged him up to court, he tried to, didn't have a lawyer, represented himself. Oh, oh yeah. Very silly. Um, <laughs> tried to, Very silly. <laughs> tried to claim that he needed, they couldn't take his licence away because he couldn't go back home because the Taliban were after him. And the, the jury were like, um, okay. And he said he hadn't been back to his country for 10 years, and they went, okay, and you've got three kids, right? How old are they? Yeah, yeah, haven't been back, haven't been back for 10 years. Oh, but my kids are seven, five, and two. And they were like, either your wife has something to tell you or you have been home. <laughs> but um, slightly more, like, he, yeah, lost his license. But, um, wow. so that was resolved. But, yes. Um, Could it be I mean, s- sympathy money? He's the one sending you the money as like, oh, I never... Well, I don't think he was that sympathetic. <laughs> And also, you never know when a conscience will kick in. <laughs> yeah. Or an, interest in, or an interest in French, you know? <laughs> you guys insane. have got, you've got the prize. Oh, and um, uh, uh, one pregnant woman giving another pregnant woman a bottle of carver feels a bit weird. There you go. Congratulations. Thank you. We sold it. Oh, wow. That is we one are... of the most intriguing stories. I mean, my money I really is do want to solve How it. old is the uncle? I kind of feel like my money's on the uncle a little bit. Like... So he knows what post is. <laughs> like a twenty-pound drop is a very much a grandparent isn't kind of it? drop, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Have some, help yourself to some sweets. It, yeah. Go do you down think he's trying to circumvent the parents? Like, <laughs> I want to give this guy my inheritance. I don't want anyone interfering. Yeah, it's an inheritance tax dodge. <laughs> twenty pounds at a time. Yeah. yeah. I like that you think it could be money laundering. <laughs> someone who's very scared that someone will catch out there a hundred and twenty pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I think honestly, I think it's making him feel alive. He's he's withdrawing his check. He's going, I'm putting twenty quid to her right now. <gasps> I might do that. Like when if I'm like elderly and I've got like loads of surplus cash, I might just get loads of like weird cards and make up some <laughs> or find some addresses and just send it to people and fuck with them. Because you seem to like it, your mum liked it. It's given us a story, nobody gets hurt. It's a bit of fun. It's a, a lovely point. hobby. I'm not gonna take up cross stitch. I I, I I don't wanna brag, but I think we solved that. <laughs> yeah, nice. All right, we have just enough time. Rosie Dempsey, please tell us what you're up to. Where can we find you? What do you want to plug? Uh, uh, as Nicholas so gracefully gracefully said, uh, <laughs> as Nicholas so gracefully said, uh, we are. You can find us anywhere at Flo and Joan. At Flo and Joan is is there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Hooray! for coming out and supporting live comedy during a train strike. You guys are legends. Give yourself Yay, a round of applause. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman. Music by The Lion and the Wolf. If you would like to, you can follow us on Drunk Women Pod on Twitter. On Facebook and Insta, we are Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And also, if you have a crime that you would like us to solve, write it on a review on Apple Podcasts as well. Thank you to ACAS and thank you for listening. Bye!